Now on Radio Italia Uno, it's time to change the world with Matt McQuinley. The energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And the glow from that fire can truly light the world. We focus on changing the world for the better by taking personal responsibility, canceling cancel culture, discussing and listening to each other on topics like leadership, cultural trends, business, history, and more. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Right now on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. As you're aware, our focus on this show is to change the world for the better. One of the ways we do this is by taking personal responsibility and trying ourselves, not waiting for the government, not waiting for someone else to help us, but trying ourselves to make the world a better place. I'd like to talk a little bit about a somewhat alarming trend that's occurring in Australia, the U.S., and around the world. In 2013, 65% of people in the United States volunteered. In 2021, that number had dropped to 56%. In Australia, it's even more alarming. In 2010, approximately 36% of Australians engaged in formal volunteering. By 2019, that number had dropped to about 29%. What's happening? Well, Stanford University did a study, and what they found was that there are three main reasons people say they're not volunteering. One... They don't have enough time, and that volunteer organizations are not flexible enough with their schedules. Two, they don't have enough information about volunteering, and volunteering roles just seem not interesting. And three, and most shockingly, is that no one asks them to. Let's talk about stereotypes. Hopefully this won't get me into too much trouble. The stereotype and perception of a lot of volunteer organizations is that they're old people trying to get their way into heaven. But that seems pretty far from the truth. In the United States, and the numbers are very, very similar in Australia, there are more men volunteering than women. In Australia, 36% of all people between the ages of 40 and 54 are volunteers. But in the age group 15 to 24, and the age group, 55 to 64, that number is only 29%. So it's not that they're too busy. Between the ages of 40 and 54, they've got a career, they've got children, they've got a mortgage, they've got a lot going on. The most common reason why people in Australia say that they decide to volunteer is social contact. And the most common reason why people in Australia volunteer is Wait for it. They know someone who's doing it. And guess what? They were asked to do it. Let's keep these things in mind. We're going to come back to that idea a little bit later on in the show. Today, we're also going to drill down a little bit with a guest on specific volunteer work that they've done, as well as the importance of volunteer work to the community, the benefits of volunteering for the volunteer, and ways you can get involved, and much, much more. Stephanie Martin has a bachelor's degree in law from the University of Adelaide and a graduate diploma in legal practice from the Law Society of South Australia. She was a finalist in the South Australian Channel 9 Young Achievers Awards in 2018, the Young Citizen of the Year for the Campbelltown Council in 2018, 
as well as South Australian Young Citizen of the Year issued by the Australian Day Council in 2018. From 2014 to 2016, she was chair of the International Projects Committee for her Rotary Club, where she helped develop a grant worth 65 grand to provide water and sanitation for a school in Fiji, and also held a black tie dinner for International Women's Day to raise $12,000 for Rotarians Against Malaria. Currently, she's the area governor of Area 8, the charter president of Rotary Club of Lightsview. For those in the audience who don't know, welcome to the show, by the way. <laughs> Sorry, I just <laughs> Thanks, got excited man. about introducing you. But uh, for those in the audience who don't know much about Rotary, please tell us what is Rotary? How did it start? How big is it? What's its mission? Those kind of things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Rotary is an international service organization. I think, I think we've covered that. But it brings people together from all over the world to provide humanitarian service and advance goodwill and peace around the world. Rotary actually has at um, this day 1.4 million people around the world. So it's quite a big organization. Um, it's certainly come a long way from its 118-year history when it started with just one man, Paul Harris. Um, he was a lawyer in Chicago. Or as you Where I'm from. Attorneys. So double bears. <laughs> Um, he was a small town guy in a, in a big city. So um, his idea for Rotary first came from wanting to create that small town feel in a, in a big city. You know, the, the feeling of knowing the exact guy to go to for a plumber or a doctor, knowing the best in the organisation. So he joined up with a couple of his friends, um, leaders in their relative vocations and started meeting and um, started doing some good in the world. And it kind of grew from there. So it started out as a networking club, basically. It absolutely did, So it was yeah. uh, just to meet people to, you know, get the get help when you needed help, to have the right go-to guy or gal. And then, well, in the back then, it would have been a guy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, – and then it turned into a service organization. It did. Um, and it's certainly come a long way because back in Paul Harris's days, um, every club was only allowed to have one per vocation. So that's one lawyer, one doctor, um, no two – in the same club, but now we're a bit more flexible in membership and welcome anyone that wants to do good in the world. Don't take offense, but most organizations Only would probably one. be happier if they only had one lawyer. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. In your face. <laughs> Just, when you when, when in volleyball, that's called the set, where you hit the ball straight up for the other guy to spike it. I, I couldn't mm. help myself there. I apologize. <laughs> Go ahead. Please continue. Uh so, so it started out as a it started out as a networking, turned into a service organization, and now it's where. Oh yeah, we uh, we focus on large international projects. It's got I think even in South Australia we have about eighty two clubs. Um, yeah. Well, that's awesome. So it's grown into this wonderful big thing, and its mission is what exactly? Uh, to promote peace and goodwill around the world, but also it. We promote high ethical standards in all vocations, so we want to represent Rotary in a positive light in all of our day-to-day -day jobs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how did you get involved in it? Because you're, you're, uh, you're what, are you 30 yet? I turned 30 two weeks ago. Okay, so you're <laughs> a 30-year-old uh, graduate from law school. So how, how did you get involved in Rotary? Well, like, like Paul Harris, I was also a small town, not guy, but girl. Um, what, what town is that? Uh, Ellerslie. Not many people would know where that is. It's in New South Wales. Mm -hmm. um, I, I tell people. It's just the middle of nowhere. Okay. Uh, the closest town was 80 kilometres away. So, yeah. All right. Yeah, and um, out there, everyone everyone was a farmer. 
and mm-hmm. couldn't really imagine being anything else, to be honest. We mm-hmm. didn't even think about it. Um, and while I was at, at in high school, um, there was a program that was advertised during one of our roll call classes called RILA, which is the Rotary Youth Leadership Awards. And I applied for it. I thought, why not? It was it's, At the end of the day, it was a free trip to Adelaide. <laughs> um, and I was accepted by the Rotary Club of Wentworth. And at the time, neither the Rotary Club of Wentworth or I knew that it would change the trajectory of my life. Um, yeah, it's a week-long residential camp. And because it changed my life and had such an impact, I wanted to be part of the organisation that was able to give that opportunity to other people. So how did it change your life? It opened my eyes to all kinds of opportunities because, you know, in the back of my mind through my whole life, I thought I want to be a lawyer, but it's not really possible. I can't afford to ever leave home because we live so far out of town. It would cost more money in petrol to get to and from work than I, I would make. So I couldn't get a job, couldn't afford to go to university, none of that. And going to Ryla just kind of opened my eyes to the fact that it it was possible and I could make it possible. So I went back to school, studied hard, got into university and moved to Adelaide. So how did Ryla make this change? What did they do that made you feel you could make this change? Uh, It gave me the confidence to apply for scholarships um, and also that it was okay to uh, not follow the path that I thought was set in stone for me in, you know, being a farmer and being out in the country. Wow, that's powerful stuff. So how, how much is Rotary working with young people and helping them shoot for the stars, I guess, in lack of a better term? I mean, uh, Rotary is a, it has a huge focus on youth programs. We have so many of them. RILA, that's for 18 to 25-year-olds, and uh-huh. it's a week long. Um, but we also run RIPEN which is 14 to 17-year-olds, which Mm -hmm. is over a weekend. So um, they're leadership camps. We also have the Rotary Youth Sailing um, on the one and all um, for disadvantaged children. Uh, We have RIDAR, which is um, Rotary Youth Driver Awareness. Mm -hmm. Honestly, the the list of programs that we run to help youth in our community is, um, is amazing. Wow, sounds like it. So just take, for example, the 14 to 17-year-old one you yeah. talked about. What are they trying to accomplish over that weekend? Uh, it depends. We we run one in Metro Adelaide, mm-hmm. and I actually started one in the country because it was a huge barrier for people such as myself when I was younger to travel to the city to attend um, such a camp. So in the country, we focus on kind of what I got out of it in terms of opening their eyes to the bigger picture and what they can accomplish and set their sights on and achieve. In the city, it's developing those leadership skills that may already be in place, um, but also building their confidence and their networks and um, helping them plan out their future and setting the steps in place for what they want to achieve. Wow. this To me, this sounds so important in a time like now where a lot of this garbage i don't know what to call it i started to say stuff it didn't sound articulate enough so so i went with garbage look at me i have such a mastery of the english language but it just sounds so important right now where all these kids are being told uh, by a plethora of different sources you know that uh you can't move up you can't do this you can't do that you know the everything's rigged against you blah 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 and this is this is an organization that's helping young people believe they can 
and adjusting their thinking to to follow their dreams, Absolutely. whatever those might be. Yeah. That's really exciting. I didn't know that about Rotary. That's great stuff. And this – tell us about what they cover in this week-long one that yeah. you were in. Uh, we have pub, like we have seminars, both physical and um, educational. We have public speaking, mm-hmm. um, ethics. So we get uh, – ethics panel is quite interesting. We get people from different vocations come in and kind of the audience set the topics in what questions to ask and we get different opinions from the, the different vocations. Um, we also have problem solving and confidence building. Uh, skills around uh, conflict management, um, managing your emotions, things like that. So all of the important day-to-day um, skills that one would need and also the important skills you might need for the career that wow. you have. Yeah. So it sounds like they're real-life skills that aren't taught yes, in school. absolutely. That's awesome. All right. Well, we're going to be back with Stephanie after we pay some bills here to keep the lights on. You're listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. We're back with Stephanie Martin, president of the Light View chapter of uh, Rotary. And uh, I guess you just started uh, this new club out in Lights View, uh, and it's got 20 members so far. Uh, And in the opening, I talked a little bit about the perception that's out there that uh, volunteers are just old people trying to get into heaven and uh, that and, and it does seem like recruiting uh, in the age group uh, except for 40 to 54 is kind of difficult right now. Can you tell us a little bit about why you started the chapter and what challenges you've had getting it going and how you've overcome those? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and if you have heard of Rotary, you you probably have a similar perception as to the one I've I've heard quite regularly and that's that we're quite an archaic organization which is disheartening to hear but considering all of the good work we do around the world but the thing is the good work that we do we don't brag about mm. and unfortunately that doesn't do us any favors because it doesn't change the perception of Rotary from 100 years ago when it would have been considered archaic these days you know all men um, making decisions about what happens in the world without consulting anyone else. But it, it certainly is very different now. I mean, our club is, we have an average age of low 30s, um, predominantly women. Mm. Um, and, yeah, a lot of young business professionals at the moment. And, yeah, as to the problems that we've we've faced is, and Rotary's not really um, immune to this, and that's the reluctance to change. And uh-huh. be open to new ideas. Society is changing so, so quickly. And I think we were talking about it before we were on air about how it's so hard to keep up with changes in society. Mm. Um, but starting a club from scratch has has certainly helped that. We're starting from the ground up and working on what the community actually needs right now, and building from that. Do you think there's a perception out there that you know something older is bad? I'm sure I'm putting words in your mouth that aren't accurate, but it, it seems to me that. There's nothing wrong with the organization being established and being old. That's great. The Constitution of the United States, sorry to wave the flag at you, but <laughs> you know that's old. The Declaration of Independence, that's old. But the important thing is all organizations, all organisms, everything 
in life evolves and it changes and it grows. And I took the Constitution as an example. I mean, there are amendments to the Constitution. There's, I don't even know how many. I think there's 25 so far. So any organization needs to evolve with the times and grow and as long as it can stay true to its values. And the values of Rotary are? Uh, build goodwill and better friendships and um, humanitarian service around the world. Yeah. Right, which I think there's a lot of ways to skin that cat, as they say. Absolutely. So, okay, so you've got this uh, this new uh, chapter in Lights View. Hey, if anybody is thinking about uh, joining Rotary, how would they? How, how does that whole thing work? Uh, well, you just reach out to your nearest Rotary Club, of course, and they would be absolutely ecstatic to have you walk in their doors. And how would you know what the nearest Rotary Club is? Just hop on the internet? Absolutely. Like with anything else, just um, give it a Google, or uh, you can reach out to me personally. You'd be able to find me at the Rotary Club of Lights View Facebook page, and I'd be absolutely willing to talk to you about what you want out of Rotary and what Rotary Club would be the best fit. Okay. So tell us a little bit about what your key goals and objectives with this specific club is, because every club's got their hot buttons, I imagine. Oh, absolutely. Um, And ours is definitely building on the needs of the community that we're currently in. So right now, there's no Rotary Club there at the moment, other than us, obviously. That's why we started it. But because there's no one doing work in Lightsview at this point in time, we kind of got a clean slate so we've just recently planted some trees. We're building a Halloween festival that will run on Halloween every year to bring people together in the community, which is very important post-COVID, I think, providing that community engagement. All right, great. Uh, well, we're going to be back in a little bit here with Stephanie. We're going to talk about some of the other things that, that she's got going on with Rotary uh, the benefits of being involved in volunteer organization, how it helps each individual grow personally, and some uh, positive uh, impact stories that Rotary's had on non-members. You're listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. We're back with Stephanie Martin, president of the Lightsview chapter of Rotary. Stephanie, because your chapter is so brand spanking new, uh, what makes it different from some of the older, more established chapters? Well, there's certainly a place for the more traditional Rotary. I mean, you don't get to be 118 years old if it doesn't work. Mm, I don't Um, think I'm going to make it 118 (laughs) years. Hey, you never know. We can try. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So... I mean, I've been in Rotary for 12 years, if you do the math, and mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people come and go in that time for various reasons, and I've I've tried to learn from that. And so in branching out and starting the Rotary Club of Lights view, there's a few things that we've chosen to do a little bit differently to accommodate um, the different aspects aspects of, the, of society that has changed. So many clubs um, in our district, they share a meal which is absolutely fantastic. It provides fellowship that a lot of people need in our community. But sometimes um, that, you know, is it, it's a little costly for people, especially if they meet weekly. That's, that's eating out once a week. And with the rising cost of living at the moment, it can become quite difficult for people. So that was a factor in our new club. So we don't actually share a meal at our meetings. Mm. Um, 
And also we, we meet, because we're not limited by meal times, we actually meet at seven o'clock at night. So that gives people a little bit of time to go home, have a bite to eat. Instead of going straight from work to a Rotary meeting, they actually get to go home and say hi to their, to their family at least. Um, that being said, we're family friendly and I'm sure many clubs um, are as well. But we like to brag about our youngest attendee. She's seven. She takes minutes at our meetings and we often upload them for our members that weren't able to be there that night. So how does this seven-year-old take minutes? Oh, very accurately. She um, she likes to put in her own opinions as well, which is great. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she um, takes notes. It's good practice for her um, when she's not doing her homework, of course. She sometimes sits there. and So handwritten? Them. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, her and her mum goes home and up- uploads them for them. It's, it's very helpful for our secretary to to have her input. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did she write things like so-and-so was mean? She said that was a horrible idea. I think that's mean. Oh, <laughs> see, things like that. absolutely impossible because we don't have any mean people. Oh, we don't have oh great okay. Ideas. <laughs> I'm sorry. Rotary is different from every organization on the planet. There's no <laughs> politics involved. Okay, got it. All right, let's go with that. Um, <laughs> My father used to say, I was born at night, but yeah. not last night. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't, don't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No worries. Uh, we have a few other differences. Like um, a lot of clubs have a guest speaker, mm-hmm. which is a fantastic opportunity. Um, but we're running out of time these days. A lot of people, particularly my age, we have side hustles that we do after work just to make a bit of extra cash to afford to live. So we are quite busy individuals. And therefore, when someone volunteers their time for Rotary, we want to make make sure that that's worth their while and it maximizes their mm-hmm. their time. So instead of having a guest speaker, mm-hmm. our meeting is one hour, entirely productive, project-focused. Uh, it's kind of like how other clubs will run their board meetings. It's mm. all agenda, stick to the stick to it and um, get through it. And that doesn't mean we don't have social time. Mm-hmm. That can be before and after, but it does give that flexibility for someone that is a bit time poor or wants to spend time with their family, mm. the ability to get the job done, and then go home to be with their family. Um, and granted, a lot of clubs are get, becoming far more flexible with this, but did you know Rotary used to have a very strict attendance requirement? No, I did not. was not aware of that, no. So um, you used to have to attend... Uh, there used to be, like, some clubs would have awards for 100% attendance throughout the year, um, which is great, and we still certainly encourage attendance at meetings, but we're increasing our flexibility around this because we understand that it's just not quite feasible anymore. So if someone can't attend regular meetings, that's fine. It doesn't mean that they're not able to contribute ideas and attend projects. We actually have um, a Slack channel. I'm not sure if you've heard of Slack, but um, it's an online data sharing system where we can communicate 24-7. So if anyone has a project idea or wants to contribute things, they can do that any day, anytime. So What's the difference between that and a WhatsApp group? Nothing except Slack has different channels. So you can actually click on the side. It has, for example, we have a, a meeting information tab. Mm-hmm. You can go in there and add ideas to that. We also have um, a projects channel. Uh-huh. So you can click on that, and that's where you find all the chats about projects. Okay. What's your advice that you would give other leaders of volunteer organizations? I mean, you've been you've been a foot soldier for twelve years. Had some late leadership positions in there for what, what four or five years. Now you're el presidente. Um, particularly relevant now is be flexible um, with time, with commitment. 
people do genuinely want to support Rotary and help the world. We just need to give them a platform to be able to do that. So, and obviously I think, and this is relevant to all volunteer organisations, I feel like membership is dropping um, because we are too rigid in our membership styles. And that's not to say that there's not a place for it. Obviously, if someone's going to pay a membership fee and, you know, you you do need those core group of people to attend meetings and have face-to-face discussions, but we shouldn't cut out the other 50% of the people that may not be able to do that. Mm. Um, and so practically speaking, if an organisation is struggling to get members and to think about that, I would encourage them to have this mentality of starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. Take a step back and act like you're starting a club all over again. So you don't need to lose that rich history of your Rotary Club that could have been around 50 years. What I would do is look at where your club is at and look at what society needs and work out the areas in which they clash. So that might be that, you know, people aren't attending meetings. Well, society says that they might not have time to do that. That's an area of a clash. So that's a topic that you would need to discuss and how to build up from that area and also be open to different ideas. If you're bringing in members and you're thinking of kind of having that mentality of starting from scratch, you need to be open to people from society coming in and saying, well, I think we should do this. You need to be open to that. You don't, you can't pretend to start from scratch air quotations um, and then stick to what you've done in the past. You need to have, you need to fully commit to that mentality of building the club from the ground up again, starting from what society needs today. Wow. I think that's great advice, and I think that's key to success in, in almost anything, uh, is that, uh, if, I mean, as soon as you decide that you've breached the mountaintop and your way is the only way, I think that's when you fall apart in anything. I mean, as the saying goes, pride goeth before the fall. You know, (laughs) and and, and entropy is a fundamental, inescapable law of the universe. If you're not working to improve, you're automatically, by definition, going to fall apart. Exactly. So I I, I think there's some real wisdom there in your – and for someone who just turned 30, (laughs) that's pretty impressive. And uh, I used to have a boss, my first vice president uh, that I worked with was a guy named Marty Dimitrovich, and he used to say, it works so well, we quit doing it. <laughs> so, and, and that's what you're talking about, yeah. is you're, you, you, you get to this point where you think you've got all the answers, so you're not doing the stuff that you did in the beginning that got you where you're at now. Exactly, and it can sometimes blind you. Mm. You've, you've really got to commit to stepping back and looking at, looking at it from a fresh perspective. Mm. So are you saying that as a, as a leader of a volunteer organization, you're more of a a juggler or a facilitator because you're trying to figure out how you can get the most from each person. You know, some person you can get a hundred percent, some person get 10%, some person get 30%. Is that what you're, is that what you're saying? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it's more of a less about what I can get from them and more about what they can give because I think it's, yeah. I said that poorly, but (laughs) yeah, yeah. Give them the most you can for them to make a contribution to the community. Exactly. Because as I said, I I think everyone out there does want to give back to the community in some way, Mm. whether it's big or small. Mm. 
Well, what are some other – you're doing something here with October or Halloween, I think, in, in Rotary that you're giving back to the community. This is your, your uh, hot button right now. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, when we started from scratch, literally, uh, we decided to think about what the community was passionate about, something fun, a community event that our club could be known for. And Halloween was quickly approaching, so we thought, you know, we'd go out and do a bit of, like we set up a stall, advertise our club, hand out some lollies. It was bucketing down with rain. It was freezing cold. Yet all these families, I would say over 200 people from Lightsview came past our stall in the pouring rain. And then we had this genius idea. Halloween is it. That's the community event that we wanted to capitalise on and be known for. So every year we plan on making it just that little bit bigger with... um, selling donuts, popcorn, coffee, um, costume competitions, uh, Halloween um, games. So this year is going to be bigger and better than last year, and we hope next year will be even bigger as well. Mm, great. And so and that's going to be promoted on? On Facebook, um, in the community with flyers, anywhere we can. Um, yeah, a free community event, I think. Yeah, can't go astray. So why do you personally think that organizations like Rotary are important? Because, as I said before, Rotary doesn't brag about what it does, right? So that means that they're an organization that is doing good in the world without asking for anything in return. Mm. There is no ulterior motive. They're not motivated by money. We don't, like, all we get out of it is a sense of satisfaction that we've done good in the world. So I can't imagine a world without volunteer organizations. Mm. All right. Well, what, do you, what have you got personally out of Rotary? Well, I think volunteering, personally, is the rent I pay to live on Earth, really. Okay. So kind of like... Wow, that's, that's, <laughs> that should be like on a t- Did you steal that or think of that yourself? Because that should be like on a t-shirt or something. <laughs> you know, that is awesome. I, mean, I wrote that one down. So volunteering is the rent you pay for being on Earth. That yeah. is great. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. That, that's just so <laughs> no, cool. I, it's kind of like what you said in the start, that it's, you know, um, it's their ticket to heaven. But kind of on the flip side of the coin, it's it's so I can die in peace knowing I did my bit. I'm still writing down rent you pay on earth. That's awesome. Someone's probably said it. There's, re- there's no originality anymore. Yeah, well, they say that, that there's no... What's the, what's the thing we learned way back in... Well, you're a liberal arts major because you were a lawyer. Nothing's so, original. Yeah, so that's there's only five stories or something I think you learn in English <laughs> literature. Um what are they? Man versus nature, man versus himself, uh, man versus man. I forgot the other ones. <laughs> but anyway, back to the point. Now, and speaking of school, you you were an attorney. You have a law degree, but you decided not to pursue actually practicing law. What what made you decide that? Well, I I practiced law for a year. Uh-huh. Um, and to be honest, since I decided I was going to be a lawyer, I unfortunately put my blinkers on and just ignored absolutely everything else and including whether or not it was the right fit for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But during that year, it was an unhealthy lifestyle for me, I would say. I, as does everyone these days, but we all have a bit of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, I was waking up at 2am stressing that I'd submitted the wrong court documents and I just couldn't get back to sleep until I'd get up, turn the computer on and Mm -hmm. and double check. Mm -hmm. So I had to choose and I chose a balanced lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there are firms out there that offer a fantastic balanced lifestyle. I work for one at the moment. 
where um, I would agree that the lawyers have it have it well there and they have a good lifestyle. But I'm a bit of a perfectionist. And mm. so I, I don't know if I could overcome that and give myself a balanced lifestyle while I was a lawyer. So I've chosen to take a step back and I can pro- I'm still working out how, but I believe I can use my law degree in other ways. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, that gives you more time to do this great uh, volunteer work. Absolutely. Which is super pause for everybody else. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, we're going to be back in just a little bit with Steph Martin, and we're going to talk about uh, some of her key get- takeaways from today and uh, also some success stories that have come out of Rotary. You're listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. We're back with Stephanie Martin, president of Light Views chapter of Rotary. And uh, in the last session, we alluded to the fact you were going to tell us a couple success stories of people that are in Rotary and some impact that they've made directly on people that are not in Rotary. Yeah. So could you tell us a couple success stories? Give us some warm fuzzies here. Well, I mean, my examples are pretty broad, but in Rotary as a member, you truly get out what you put in. I mean, can you imagine traveling internationally and building houses or working on schools in third world countries and not be personally impacted by that? Just seeing the work you've done and seeing the impact that that's making. I mean, that... That's what gives you the warm and fuzzies. Um, And also, Rotary was the instigator of the um, eradication polio, Polio Plus. Mm -hmm. So our Rotarians go overseas and they um, vaccinate children. I think we've vaccinated um, over a billion children in the world in 122 different countries against polio. So you can just imagine the impact that members of Rotary would get being able to see those children and knowing that they're preventing them from a crippling disease like polio. Wow, that's great stuff. So in the two or three minutes we have left, can you talk to us about what you really, really want the audience to carry away from our time together? One or two key points that you want them to carry away. I guess the main point is give Rotary a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that I've been able to prove to you that the perception of Rotary in society at the moment is literally 100 years old. We do so much good in the world and I would hate for people to be misinformed about what Rotary is and miss out on the good that they can do. And I think in starting the Rotary Club of Lights View like we have proves to you the point that there, there is a club for everyone. And if, I mean, you can go to a club and decide that it might not be for you, but it doesn't mean that there's not another club that isn't. And I, as I said, I'm willing for you to reach out to me personally and I will, I'm more than happy to have a chat and work out what club might be the best fit. Okay. Well, you said they're willing to reach out to you to learn more about Rotary. How can they do that? Either uh, to you personally or the organization directly? Uh, the organization, so uh, Rotary Club of Lights View on Facebook so being the current president and the um, one of the charter members, I have access to that Facebook page. So I'm going to see any message that you send through. All right. So Facebook it is. It's the way of the, the age at the moment. All right. Well, it's been a great show. I really want to thank you for being with us today, Stephanie. But most of all, I, I want to thank all of our listeners for listening. 
Join us next week again on Monday at 6 p.m. for Change the World with Matt McQuinley, where our guest is Marilyn Chindler, who is the chapter president of Kiwanis, and as well as Bob Sitters, who's the past Australian governor of Kiwanis. And as always, I'll leave you with a brief inspirational message. We talked a lot today about helping other people. We didn't talk a lot about the fact that it helps us. Not only does it help society to be a volunteer, not only does it help us feel better about ourselves, not only has it been proven by multiple studies that it helps the volunteer's health both mentally and physically, volunteering and helping others can even sometimes define who we are and give us the skills we need to be successful. I just want to give you a couple quick examples. If you have the time, I urge you to listen to the podcast I did on Raul Wallenberg on my podcast, Change the World with Matt McQuinley, to get some more details. Raul Wallenberg, at the tender age of 32 years, is credited with saving as many as 100,000 lives during the Holocaust and World War II. Some of those people he saved as a volunteer include a U.S. congressman, a Nobel Prize winner, another chemist who was also on the board of the Nobel Prize Committee, and yet another who is called the father of modern surface chemistry, among many, many others. Dame Agatha Christie, who is recognized in the Guinness Book of World Records as the best-selling author of all time, was a volunteer nurse in World War I and in World War II. She says that is what inspired almost all of her most famous books. Nobel Prize winner for literature Ernest Hemingway was also an ambulance driver in World War I. He says that is what gave him the character, the discipline, and the inspiration for most of his writing. Clara Barton only had one friend as a child because she was so painfully shy until she decided she needed to take care of other people. She had no formal training as a nurse, but educated herself as a nurse and served as a nurse in the American Civil War, and later went on to found the American Red Cross, as well as becoming a leader in women's suffrage. Ben Franklin started the first volunteer fire department before he helped found a nation. What do we learn from these people? Well, probably a bit too much to discuss here today. But one thing is that before they were what we call great or famous, they were servants. Perhaps service, volunteering is what made them great later on in their life. One of the most well-known historical figures once said, whoever would be great amongst you must be your servant. We also learn that there are two kinds of people. One, like Robert Francis Kennedy said, who, quote, see things as they are, unquote. Whereas he said, quote, I dream of things that never were and ask why not, unquote. Put in my terms, there are two kinds of people in the world. There's the kind of person who focuses on themselves and never really attains their goals, who live an unfulfilled, uninspired, and unsatisfied life and never become the person they could have been. And then there's the other type of person who through helping others, find out who they really are, who build the character, the strength, and the knowledge to overcome almost any obstacle, to bear almost any burden, and succeed 
where many, many others fail. The question is, as always, which one are you?